Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Fourth line without Teddy Bluger isn't worth evaluating. A bottom six without Teddy Bluger isn't worth evaluating. But neither of those things is going to stop me today. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll take the time to check out. Penguins were off yesterday following their kind of disheartening overtime loss up in Montreal. Their next game is tomorrow night at PPG Paints Arena against the Kings, who not only should provide more of a challenge than what the Habs should have, but also might wake the team up a little bit more, as happened with their first two home games. That's one pattern that's been in place in the very, very early portion of the season. Another one has been that there's been very, very little to like about this fourth line. And I don't want to stretch it too far to carry into the bottom six as a whole, but I probably could do that if I pushed it. The only reason I don't want to do that is because Danton Heinen's been part of that. He's a guy that I think is really a productive member of this team, no matter where you put him, to his credit. And you know what? That's supposed to be the approach and the outlook for everyone who's on the bottom six of every lineup in the NHL. They should be contributing. Even if it isn't points, they should be contributing possession or defensive tenacity or a good solid forecheck or even just some scrappiness, anything. And right now, particularly with this fourth line that doesn't have Bluger on it yet, it's been kind of tough to watch or even remember their names. As I'm saying this, are you thinking about who's on the fourth line? Are you trying to remember who's on the fourth line? I'll give you a little bit of a hand here. Ryan Paling, and at least he's a new guy, so there's an excuse, has been centering in Bluger's absence. And he skates around some. He makes some things happen as he's approaching an attacking zone, lowers his shoulder, goes around people, has some speed, has some size, doesn't really seem to accomplish much. It's early with him. So I'm not trying to bury him, but it's been three games and there's not a whole lot there. On the right wing is Josh Archibald, who at least played here once before a few years ago and is still kind of the same guy. Uh, He's a little dude. He's got some speed. He's got some hands and he's a decent penalty killer. 
And he has at least, out of the three members of this fourth line, been occasionally visible until he gets buried into some board somewhere. Not a whole lot going on over there. And then there's the left wing, and I don't even know what to think anymore about Brock McGinn. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. A member of the organization whose opinion I trust was telling me last weekend that McGinn was one of those guys that has a pattern of showing up for the first half of the season and really impressing you and really making you think, wow, we really got something here. How did we end up landing this guy for XXX dollars or whatever it is? And then in the second half, really falls off. That's where the criticism ended because even this individual couldn't come up with an explanation for it. McGinn doesn't have a lazy bone in his body. He's not exactly being worn down by heavy ice time. So what is it? But did you notice him from, let's say, January onward of last season? Nope. Did you notice him in the playoffs? Yeah, you did when he screwed up in Game 7. But this hasn't been much of a player. And even though in the first half of last season there was an awful lot of, wow, they really did well to let Brandon Tanev go and to keep this guy, one thing you never had to worry about with Tanev was the motor. And that's the main thing that you have to worry about with McGinn. I'm not sure what it is that he brings when he's playing like this. If he's in that, I'll score a goal every other week and contribute something, then you can feel it. When he isn't doing that, when he isn't scoring, which is way more often than not, I don't see it. Do you know through three games he has one shot? Did you know through three games he has two shot attempts? What is it that you're doing when you go over the boards when you're a forward and can never even aim the puck in the direction of the net? I I haven't liked anything about this fourth line. I haven't liked their work in the defensive zone either. If Paling is some sort of sharp two-way center, maybe he'll show it at some point. Again, he's getting my mulligan here. But this team needs Teddy back. And to reiterate a point that I'd been making on this program, just to stress here that this isn't a new observation, it's really important that the Pittsburgh hockey management figures out how to get Teddy and line mates to form an effective, uh, well, Teddy slash Tanev slash Zach Aston Reese type of line again. Because that mattered a lot when it was together. And it hurts a lot when there isn't one. When we come back, J1Q.
J1Q comes from Ed, who asks, DK, does Jeff Petrie look a little slow? I hope he gets faster for all the money that they're paying him. Uh, Ed, I wouldn't bring salary into it. Yeah, there's a big financial commitment to Petrie, and he's 34 years old. So it's not like he's going to be on the upswing. What you want with Petrie more than anything is for him to just be his best self. Mike Sullivan might have floored people who were paying attention to his remark in Montreal when he described Petrie as elite. But Sullivan's not really the type to go overboard with hype. I haven't heard him use a description like that for anyone in the organization outside the obvious guys, other than in context. For example, Sullivan once said to me that he saw Patrick Hornquist as being elite at what he does in the league. So he was being very specific and also accurate. At the time when he was in Pittsburgh, Hornquist was the very best in the world, I think, at what he does in terms of especially wreaking havoc in front of the opponent's net. Petrie has had an elite period in his career. When he peaked in Montreal, as I've mentioned a few times, he was in legit discussion for the Norris Trophy. You see on occasion, even already through these first three games, the things that he can do, he's capable of making really, really good plays look really, really routine. He had a a crossover gaining the Tampa Bay Blue Line Saturday night that I made a mental note of, where he came through the neutral zone up the right side and then just started stick handling and gliding off to his left. You might even remember this now if you're one of those people that watches hockey the way a goofball like me does. And ended up gaining the Bolts zone somehow with no one around him. And you didn't even realize, like, how did he pull that off? There were three blue sweaters there. But he ends up having the entire left side of the entry all to himself. That's rare air. And that's actually kind of what he needs to be motivated to get back to. Uh, I don't know him well enough or even his tendencies well enough to know if it takes a while to get wound up. But that's kind of what it's looked like with him, not just through these three games, but through the preseason and through training camp. He looks like he's just kind of waiting for something significant to happen. Now, Returning to Montreal and getting booed every time you touch the puck, you'd think would have made for something significant. So I'm not even hopeful in that regard right now. I I don't know what makes him tick, but he's going to have to tick a lot louder than he has so far. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.